Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Private Wealth Team at Safford Champness. My name is Leonora Stevens and I'm a partner in the Private Wealth Team based in Bristol. I'm delighted to be joined today by Mike Hodges, who's the Head of Private Wealth at Safford Champness and he's based in Manchester. Hello, Mike. Hello, Leo. And we are joined again today by Simon Love, a Senior Manager in our Tax Advisory Team based in Bristol. Hi, Simon. Hello, Leo and Mike. So this is the second of two podcasts where Mike, Simon and I are discussing all things crypto. As I mentioned in the previous podcast on crypto, Simon is one of our internal crypto experts and he sits on one of the crypto experts teams, um, which consists of people all across our firm, whether it be onshore or offshore, um, for example, Guernsey or Geneva. And he's excellent at explaining crypto jargon. So hence why we've got him uh, in our second podcast today. As I mentioned previously, it's become crypto has become such a hot topic and there are various different reactions from clients and intermediaries when you mention crypto. They're either very enthusiastic or very sceptical. <laughs> so in our first podcast on crypto, we discussed the basic terminology and tax implications. But in this podcast, we're going to look at a few topics in a bit more detail. For example, what happens if you're employed and your employer offers to pay you in crypto? What happens with losses that you generate from crypto investments? NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and how those are taxed. What happens if you're a non-domiciled individual and any other sort of relevant updates? As previously said, this is not a, 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 a podcast explaining which, which crypto assets you should invest in and not provide financial advice, but this is just meant to be a basic introduction to a few more of the terms. So leading on from the last podcast, Simon, what would you say to a client who has been offered a job and they were being offered crypto as their salary? What sort of things should they be looking out for and considering? Well, Leo, there's uh, different considerations for the employee and for the employer. So starting with the employee, um, their salary paid in crypto um, would be converted to its fiat equivalent. So in, in pounds at the time the uh, the salary is paid, and that would be the amount of employment income which is taxable on the individual in, in the vast majority of cases. Uh, this is, of course, assuming that um, work is all done in the UK. We're not going to go into the, the international tax aspects of this. Um, so, so they will be paid in their crypto. Obviously, they would have to have the right infrastructure set up to receive the crypto. You know, they need to make sure that their employer is not accidentally sending their salary to the wrong wallet, in which case it might be lost forever. Um, so there's quite a bit of groundwork to be done in, in setting up these arrangements. Uh, moving on to the employer, um, most crypto assets, uh, which would be uh, useful to be paid as salary, um, are likely to be uh, what are known as readily convertible assets. Um, because they're readily convertible, um, these salaries will be subject to um, pay as you earn uh, and national insurance contributions. So the employer would need to set up the appropriate payroll systems to make sure that these can be accounted for and paid over to HMRC within the the statutory deadlines. Um, This is also bearing in mind that HMRC, as of the time of recording, uh, do not accept crypto assets as payment of of tax. Um, so the employer would need to uh, 
find or convert the crypto into uh, fiat currency or otherwise find some fiat currency from somewhere else in order to pay across the, the PAYE to HMRC. And if the employee has any other um, any additional tax to pay on their salaries that's not deducted at source, they would also need to um, convert some of it to, to fiat to pay HMRC. And of course, the conversion of the crypto to the fiat may in itself be another tax point for, for capital gains tax purposes. So there are certainly plenty to think about. And I would say that um, being paid in crypto is is probably not for the faint-hearted, not least due to the, the volatility of the, the asset you are being paid in. Um, so you, you need to be sure that um, if you are to receive a certain amount, a fixed amount of uh, crypto per month, that you're happy that the exchange rate may go up or down. Um, or if you are being paid a variable amount based on a, a fiat equivalent, um, that you're you're happy that this arrangement uh, is is fair. So if, if people are being paid in crypto, Simon, they're not doing it for tax reasons. It's for, it's for some other reason because older listeners may recall that back in the day there were national insurance schemes that involved employees being paid in all sorts of weird and wonderful non-cash. I can think of gold coin, I can think of uh, jewellery, I can think of fine wines and goodness knows what. And and the idea there was that there was no national insurance on that. Long since done away with, and crypto is the same. We, we're not achieving any tax saving by using crypto. Uh, no, not, not at all. I would say that the scenarios where you're most likely to see this kind of arrangement are almost, um, if you have a sort of crypto starter, they may pay key members of their team using tokens almost as a form of, of management incentive. You know, obviously, if, if the crypto project succeeds, then those tokens could multiply in value by tens, hundreds, thousands of times if you're, if you're particularly lucky. So even if they have sort of a low value at the time they're paid across, you know, it's, it's the hope value is the reason you're receiving them. You also might see some athletes. So some footballers, I believe Lionel Messi is one of them, receive part of their part of their wages in crypto as part of sort of marketing tie-ins with certain crypto exchanges or uh, certain crypto projects. Um, so that might be another scenario where you'd come across this. I would say for for your standard salaried office worker, these are this is not really going to come up very often. Yeah, I don't think Safaris will be opting to pay our staff from crypto. <laughs> I, I suspect staff not. Staff would want it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> a group of risk-averse accountants. Absolutely. Talking about a footballer who gets paid in crypto, and we mentioned the last podcast where Mike said, if we created our own, our own cryptocurrency, you said that we would need to make sure that it was, you know, it had a presence, but it, people sort of supported it and people had heard of it. Is that a bit like, if, for example, we said, well, we we would launch our new cryptocurrency and we would like a footballer, if a footballer then came out and said, I would like to be paid in that cryptocurrency, is that the kind of publicity that it needs to succeed? Or how do they publicise a new crypto and how do they make it a success? I think you could you could talk about this for, for hours and hours, but it, it essentially comes down to to marketing and um, your your sort of standard marketing techniques and and what is your unique selling point for your crypto. I would say if you go cast your mind back to the days of 2017, which is when the first real crypto boom happened, um, you had a lot of um, what were called initial coin offerings, which is 
when a, when a new crypto project comes to the market. And uh, all of these different projects were all trying to find uh, new and creative ways to to sell themselves. And some some of these projects had, you know, they had a good product and good substance, and they did well and are still established now. But but many of them were just trying to get on the bandwagon. They didn't really have anything special about them, and it was it was pure pure hype. So I think for for a crypto to succeed, it needs to have some you know good functionality and a, and a good project behind it and and something unique about it in conjunction with the marketing to get the get the name out and um and generate some interest in the market okay and we, we've spoken about some cgt on crypto are there any restrictions on the use of losses or how you use losses if you make i mean obviously people will have made quite a lot of losses over the last few months on the crypto are those can they use those to offset against other gains Yes, so you just use the the standard um, CGT loss rules for individuals. So um, you can use your losses against gains in the same year or in future years, but you cannot carry those losses back to previous tax years. So a bit of a scenario that some clients have found themselves in now is that um, there was there was a very big crypto boom in in 2021, uh, with asset values going up, you know, two or three times in in value. Um, and unfortunately, in 2022, we've had we've had quite the opposite, and um, the crypto market, along with most other capital markets in the world, have have suffered greatly in the in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, so you have people who have made quite significant losses this year and quite significant gains in the previous year, but unfortunately, due to the operation of the, the UK tax rules, um, you cannot set those off against each other. So you just have to use them in the current year or carry them forward. And you can claim those losses in the usual way on your on your tax return. Okay. And again, um, like shares, sorry, yeah, like shares, it's only when you realise that loss, isn't it? So if you're just sitting there watching the value go go up and then come back down again until you you do something, and we talked about selling or or, or buying goods or services. Until that point, it's just an unrealised loss. So you can you can you can keep going forward until prices come back and then take a view. Yes, absolutely. So yes, it's um, there's there's no sort of mark to market or anything like that. It is just um, the, the loss won't crystallize until you until you do something, and and similar to to stocks and shares where you can do some year end planning to realize certain gains of or losses of a certain size to um, to maximize your your allowances. Um, you can do similar things with crypto, and you don't necessarily need to leave the crypto space entirely. Um, there are assets called um, stable coins, which are um, essentially uh, crypto assets which are pegged to a given index, like the value of the dollar or the value of gold or, or something like that. And these are seen as, uh, I say, very, very generally seen as safe havens. They're not guaranteed, generally seen as safe havens. So what people can do is they can trade out of a crypto asset into a stable coin. Um, so they don't have to get their money out of the exchange. Um, and then they could trade from that stable coin into something else. So you could use this trading from crypto to crypto to crypto to um, realize gains or losses of an appropriate uh, value along the way, if that's the kind of planning you'd like to do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. So I'm mindful of what you can do. Um, and then looking on to sort of non-fungible tokens and NFTs, can you explain a bit more sort of about what they are and what, what they can be used for? Yes, absolutely. So um, most of the cryptocurrencies we've been talking about thus far, like like the likes of Bitcoin and Ethereum, 
um they are they are fungible so one one bitcoin is is exactly the same as any other bitcoin with a non-fungible token um they're all unique um so uh whatever sort of class so say it's a piece of artwork so not, nfts are most often at the minute used for used for art and uh, you will have a, a token, which is a digital representation of that piece of art. Um, so in most cases, it, it is a piece of digital art. Um, it will be stored as um, as a JPEG on, on a server. And the, the non-fungible token is a sort of digital receipt saying Leonora owns this piece of art stored on this server. So there was a big uh, boom in the popularity of NFTs in, in 2021. Um, this was driven by projects that the likes of the Board Yacht Club, which was um, there was a big sort of celebrity craze, and all the all the big celebrities wanted to own one and set them as their profile picture on Twitter and so forth. And that that drove those asset values very high in in various different NFT projects. Um, so that was a, a, say a series of ten thousand different um, pieces of art, which are procedurally generated by by a computer and they all have different characteristics of different rarities uh, and that appeals to people who are into you know, collecting things or um, there are there are online communities which have sprung up around different nft projects and artists often use nfts as a way of getting their work out there um, so rather than having to pay the costs of having a physical gallery to to store and sell your art um, you could simply create an NFT collection and sell sell your art to the market in crypto. And you can also code NFTs in such a way that when they are later resold, you can take a royalty. Um, so typically NFTs will have a two to five percent royalty attached to them. So that was the the big boom was funded, what well, was generated by the popularity of art NFTs. Uh, you can use them for other reasons, though. So um, different use cases which have been put forward for NFTs are, for example, if you went to a, a concert or sporting event, you could have your ticket um, sent to you as a unique NFT, giving you the right to access the stadium and sit in your seat. And the concert promoter could, for example, set a price limit to avoid um, scalping and Obviously, that, that the NFT is completely unique to you, so that it would be impossible to to counterfeit. You could also use them for things like collectibles. So you may remember from your well, some listeners may remember from their youth collecting penny football stickers. Um, they they have already moved into um, the market of having um, NFT collections of digital sports collectibles. Um, so it's 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 still a market in its infancy, and I would say that the the hype has kind of come out of the NFT market a bit over recent months in, in line with the, the wider crash of, of crypto and capital asset values. But there are still people working on these and we'll see many more use cases in the future, I'm sure. So if if I have an NFT for a piece, so a piece of artwork from a, a new collection, I can't see it. How do I see it? It's on the computer. I can't hang it on my wall at home. No, you you can't physically hang the NFT. What what you could do is you could set up one of those. Um, sort of, you could set up a tablet to display your NFT if you wished, or you could indeed you could print it out and and display it like any other piece of artwork. I think a lot of the people who collect NFTs don't so much want to turn their their house into a gallery, but they might. Some of them might publicly share their their address where they store their nfts 
and say, look at my impressive collection. Um, obviously, they are then potentially opening themselves up to some um, some potential security threats of people trying to um, take over said wallet. Um, but there are some people in the community who are very much into that and collecting large quantities of NFTs. Interesting. I mean, I, I was going to ask about non-DOMs, but I don't think we've got enough time in this podcast. Although I, I would I, I would say something that an investment manager did make a comment to me about, about the fact that crypto seems to be something that the younger generation are more interested in. But then equally, when it comes to the more standard investments, they're very concerned about ESG and sort of environmental factors. But when you look at crypto, you know, when, when all the mining is happening, all the sort of the blockchain, that emits a lot of, I mean, that's not great for the environment either, is it? So it's sort of, they're sort of attacking from one side, but then not working from the other. Yes, I think the I think the environmental aspects of crypto can't be ignored in this day and age. And um, yes, m- mining, um, especially for for what are known as the proof of work blockchains, <clears throat> um, mining does require a lot of electricity use. And depending on how that electricity is generated, that that can indeed um, cause a lot of um, carbon emissions. And obviously, a lot of countries are struggling to deal with energy demand at the minute due to to population growth and indeed the energy crisis in in Europe. Um, so that that can't be ignored. And yes, I think if people are particularly sensitive about ESG, um, then the environmental impact of crypto um, should be should be considered by them. And you say this this is um, something which is more popular with the young. And, and you're absolutely correct in saying that. So HMRC commissioned some market research, and the the, the largest group of crypto investors were overwhelmingly um, under the age of 45, and also um, overwhelmingly male, uh, which is uh, an interesting demographic nugget. I'm glad to see that under 45 are still young, as I'm 41. So that's a good. Thing. That's a, a nice a nice way to end. As I don't feel so old now, having felt like a uh, very, gra- uh, very gra- like a grandmother, would not understand. Well, not not getting crypto as well as others. That's, that's your takeaway, Leo. Is that, that is my takeaway. Well, sadly, four, sadly, four sadly I haven't even got that to, to take away with me. But there you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Simon and Mike, for joining me today. We work with a wide range of clients at Safra Chapness. Many are UK-based and many live overseas but have interests here, whether that's property, business interests or investments. We advise individuals and families on how best to safeguard, maintain and enhance their wealth and on the most appropriate methods of passing on wealth to the next generation. We also help people comply with the tax rules in the UK, which can be complex. If you'd like to find out more about Safri Chapness and how we can help you, please head over to the Safri Chapness website at www.safri.com. However, it is important for me to stress that if you are considering any of the topics discussed today, you must always take professional advice based on your individual circumstances. Thank you for listening.